back to the Final Whistle podcast. Time you run! Yes, g'day. Today we have a special podcast. Uh, as you know, we are here for the uh, Junior Rugby League and none none other than we have uh, South Sydney District Junior Rugby League Chairman Keith McGraw, CEO Luke Curry and experienced coach Jason Amos joining Fifey and Dale on the final whistle. How are we today, boys? Very yeah, well. All good, good guys. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So yes. it's uh, oh, obviously it's been a trying time with COVID. Uh, all the other districts are in similar position but we thought we'd get you guys on today uh just to chat about how you've been and, and whatnot as we know we, we're well uh, encompassed with a lot of clubs following our page and uh, i think the person that's probably been the biggest contributor from south city in terms of clubs pages uh botany rams and uh donna smith so yep. you know we, we posted up the other day um jason contacted trev and from there this is where we are now so I want to congratulate you guys. A uh, great job that you're doing. Well, successful 2019 season, and then obviously coming into 2020, it's been a bit of a, a bumpy road. Tell us how 2019 was in terms of the league itself, and then obviously how bumpy it's been coming into 2020. Yeah, no worries. We had a, a great season last year. Certainly had a um, we retained steady numbers, which you know participation wise. But we also had um, some great grand final days uh, and round robins. We have round robins every year to finish the year for the kids, so that that, that was good. Our grand finals at Redfern were very successful. Um, and we introduced girls' footy in terms of uh, girls' standalone footy in minis and mods for the first time. We, I think we're the only district to... Uh, maybe Penrith might have done it, but we, we've one of the first districts to do it, and it was really successful. So an all-girls comp? All-girls comp, eights, tens and twelves. Yeah, we played eight weeks, and we had... Um, about a hundred extra girls register to play. So yeah, so um, Penrith have Penrith have been doing that for the last couple of years. We've got, well, this year we changed it from sixes, eights, tens, and twelves to sevens and nines, elevens right. and thirteens. Yep. So I think they just want to grab that that bit extra. Obviously, the, the you know all the twelves going from. So they get the, they changed it so the twelves don't go into the fourteenth. They've got their own age group coming out of mixed footy. Anything you want to add, Keith? Well, I'm, I'm president of the Junior League as well as the Licence Club. Yep. The Licence Club was built here more than 60 years ago um, for, to, to promote Junior Rugby League, which is something that we're really proud of. Um, like, like all other clubs in Clubland, um, we've, we've been dealing and had a closure of three months with the pandemic, but prior to that we've gone through three years of interruption to trade due to the construction of the light rail. Which would, have, which, which would have been a bit of a, a tough kind of uh, revenue in, uh, uh, with, 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 with the doors being kind of jammed. Well, we, we went from, uh, we lost th- uh, more than 300 parking spaces and anyone will tell you in, in business that, you know, when you, when, you lose, when you lose your parking, that really knocks you about. So we went from, you know, 19,000, 20,000 um, customers a week down to about 11 to 12. Since reopening last week, um, we, we had 4,800. So it gives you an idea of... There's still a lot of uncertainty out there and a lot of people are still cautious of getting out and, and about, particularly um, in the hospitality and public transport and those spaces that are um, confined. Yeah, so, so they should have heard on the news this morning there's 150,000 brand new cases uh, global uh, in the last 24 hours, so a lot of people are probably still scared that that could jump and come back this way. The positive, I guess, is that the only infections that we have at the moment are ones that are in quarantine already as it is so that's probably a good part uh, so um 
you're already facing, like we said, you know, the rail coronavirus. How have we? Well, you, you announced at the start of this week that we are you are going ahead with a competition. Thirteens um, up, being competitive. Five and twelves being non-competitive, and obviously a grade non-existent at at this stage for 2020. However, if they wanted to, they could go elsewhere. Can you shed some light onto the reason why you went non-competitive for the June, uh, for the fives to twelves, and is that only for 2020? Yeah, for sure. Um, look, the the focus to to get back to play once New South Wales announced that we could play and, and that the game was able to play was that uh, we had to look at not only you know the, the want of the the clubs to get on the field and the kids to play, which was which certainly is is the primary focus, but we had. You know, not only health concerns, but we had financial concerns to be able to make sure that you know we had to tick those boxes before we did. So we had some very good meetings with the clubs um, and decided that being a 10-week space, we felt the priority was just get the, the young kids on the field. So that's why we didn't, didn't put competition in this year. We just wanted to get out there and enjoy 10 weeks of footy if they can. Mindful that they may lose a week or two with weather and things like that, so we didn't want to risk integrity of competitions and things like that in that in that space. So with the, with them, that's what we did. Thirteens to eighteens are in the combined New South Wales Rugby League competition. Uh, they're obviously putting a competition on, which will run eleven weeks. It'll be a standalone grand final, one v two, no semi final series at this stage is the way they're planning it. So our thirteens to eighteens are able to go into those competitions, and then with the A grade. Um, just thinking both financially and, and health-wise, um, obviously the ones we've approved to play are the kids' ages, the kids that are at school, that are allowed to go to school without social distancing, and we, we felt health-wise that, that they were the best areas to target. Um, A-grade, there's more financial implications for the club, but also I just thought um, personally you're looking at integrity of competition. So if, you, if you've got a 10-week ten, ten competition of A-grade, you've got seven or eight sides... The way to structure a competition and then and then have it uh, broken up by wet weather or have it again have a COVID case come in and put two, put two teams out for fourteen days things like that that the integrity of that competition would be um, in question and to run a final series and then run a grand final that maybe didn't have a crowd you know all those things came into it when we when we discussed it and we just felt that this year that was the way to go but we're certainly planning on competition again for the minis and mods going forward next year and and, and we expect a really good A grade competition I think you'll see. COVID might change the structure and the pathway of rugby league completely. There's a lot of tears around that A-grade age group. And I think Sydney Shield's going ahead now, but Ron Massey's not. So if that's the case going forward, you're going to see A-grades get stronger, I think, next year. And I I expect us to have a pretty strong A-grade comp again next year. And I think the important thing too, Luke, just on that, from a coaching point of view, from myself, and I I said this earlier, I think the really... positive thing to come out of this is the kids are going to get some footy and they're the future of the game you know we can sit here and talk about a grade a lot of the a grade players are are good players but they're coming towards the end of their careers whereas these kids are the future of rugby league and i think that's where the focus have to be and that's what you guys have done really really well here in this comp i'm an a grade coach here from last year but to see that the kids are going to get some footy is what's really really important keith you agree yeah that's exactly right jason and we saw it that way and uh Kids in particular, we're, we're in a position now that they can get along the training a couple of days a week, training something to look forward to. I know they've been climbing the walls, the kids, and so too are the families. And and then to get them out on a, on a Sunday, there's nothing better than for my role here in the Junior League on a Sunday is to get around to all the grounds, 
have a, have a look, interact with our grounds people, all of our volunteers, the referees, those of us that are in the canteens and the like, and to see how it all works. You know, it culminates, as Luke said, in, in a wonderful um, final series where we, because we have a non-competitive model as well as a competitive model, and we have champagne football from under sixes right through to the A-grade games. Absolutely. Well, obviously, you coached the Premiers last year. You saw the, the standard of football we have here at, at South Juniors. Um, you know, so there's nothing better, nothing better than that for me. And then, and then to see these come, we cater for both the competitive and non-competitive, but then you see the likes of Cameron Murray go on uh, South Junior to play for South and Adam Reynolds this year named captain. So yeah, that, no, that's, that's pretty good, good when you have the, your juniors gone through and not just like making into the top grade, but to be captain, that's something to be proud about uh, as a junior competition, say he's one of ours. And, and I, I believe most clubs should be looking at that if they've got their juniors coming through because that's the main priority and it's good for your local boy down at Mascot or at Redfern to look up to him and say, if he can do it, so can I. Well, this club that we're sitting in here today was built propagate rugby league. Yeah, our first game was in uh, 1908 on the 26th of uh, April down at Sir Joseph Banks Park. Now that, that day, 10 years later, became Anzac Day. We had four clubs. So we've been going for 112 years now and we've played competition every year here at South Juniors, including wartime. So for us, this was a real, uh, you know, really, we really wanted to get back on the park. And once once the um, health uh, officials and, 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 and the governing body, the New South Wales Rugby League, said it's a goer, South Juniors jumped on board. And that's where I think it's really... That, that's the positive thing that I see, is even through all the tough times, we talked about war, we talk about that, the club still exists to promote rugby league, particularly junior rugby league. And, you know, you finance the rugby league teams here, it all comes from this club, and that's the hard work that goes into it. And I just think that's awesome, that even despite the tram works, the COVID-19 pandemic... The focus is still there, there to do that, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's right, and that's great. I've got to support what you just said there. It's good that you're focusing back on the juniors. Just uh, with that, with the income, like, as you said, Keith, this club was built for the juniors. What, like, just on a round figure, how much would you give back into the junior league, like when it comes to registration, insurance? Two million plus a year. Yep. Two million plus a year. Um, we've got Luke approaching 3,000. About 3,000 players 3, every year. 3,000 players, so um, uh, no registration fees. Their short stocks and jumpers are provided. We pay for the rental of their grounds, the lighting of their grounds. It's uh, amazing. You know, the accreditation of their coaches and, and, and trainers, uh, their insurance. Uh, that's, that's what this club's always done, you know, and we're, and we're proud of it. And as I said, we're a participation club, but at the same time we have a proud history. You know, we've, we've produced more than 60 internationals here at the South Sydney Junior League. If we were to, we could, we could this tonight, we could run out a team of South Juniors, if I just ran off the top of my head, front row, Adam Fanua, Blake Manley, um, Cameron McInnes, Captain of St George, Kane Evans, Parramatta, Nat Butcher, the Roosters, Jason Clark, Warrington, Cameron Murray, South, Adam Reynolds, halfback and Captain South, Dylan Walker, 5'8", Campbell Graham, centre, Jimmy Roberts, centre, Josh Addo, car wing, uh, Remus Smith, Bulldogs wing, Alex Johnson at the back. You could throw in Trent Merrin, Nathan Peets. Victor Radley played here a bit, didn't he? No, no, Victor, Victor, well, he might have, but Victor's always been a Clavelli crocodile. Yep. Yeah. Him and Cam came through the same 
same age group. Yep. But um, you know, I think Victor was always a always a rooster over there at the Crocs. Yeah, I think Trevor. I think I'm going to pack my bags and come to South Sydney. It's, <laughs> it seems like it seems like a good one. Every the boy will like it. The boy's a massive South Sydney fan. Um, so obviously, I've read the framework and and the COVID hub. It's really strenuous in in terms of in depth. It gives you the coaches training procedures to try to you know if they if they're having trouble trying to you know make up a, uh, a training session it's got stuff you've got to do and return to game day it's got a, a three-step stage which i think at the moment we're in stage two this week uh, stage three coming up very shortly how did the clubs initially react to that covid plan because i know our, our way a lot of people were like oh this too much. Yeah, that one hundred page thesaurus was too much. <laughs> exactly right. I got out. I got out. Penrith it had to be uh, put into rugby league terms for them. So what, what? What did you guys do for your local clubs? Yeah, look, I think um, a lot of the clubs were, were still keen when they first saw it, even though they uh, they it was a little bit onerous. And, and New South Wales put a lot of that to rest when they explained that in layman's terms what was what was required, how it would be policed. Um, so basically, the basics of it in the end. And there are other intricacies. Is that it's social distancing, it's it's sanitising, it's it's having products available, it's closing down dressing rooms, and and the clubs probably out of you know fourteen out of our sixteen were really keen to pursue it. In the end, they're all going to pursue it now. And I think, from my information, at Penrith, that's that's now come back out that way too because they they were, they were going that way as well. But yeah, so we've got twenty four teams out that way, which is uh, twenty four clubs that have started. The one that's probably missing the most is the Parramatta district. They've got about four or five out. Um, right. But uh, uh, club, two clubs have uh, backflipped on, on their original decision and now have come back in. So, look, it, it's good. But getting back to here, uh, so you guys are set to go 19th of July. Yep. Um, everyone's kind of getting on board now. When's your, when's your training due to come back for your kids? We've when got some that have been approved already. So their COVID plans go to New South Wales and us first and we get them to council, council approve them. So the Rams have started training already. Um, We've had about eight approvals out of what's been put forward, uh, and I think within the next, I'm sure by the end of next week they'll all be approved and ready to go. Yeah. So, do you do you believe that the the current COVID plan might go into 2021 just so that we can safeguard ourselves? Oh, look, I think I think there'll be some sort of COVID plan in 2021. I hope the hygiene. Um stays around. Stays around. Stays around I, th- I think that, I think that's the point. I think the hygiene yeah. now. Yeah. No matter what happens and when COVID finishes, I think there'll be a massive focus on hygiene going yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, just just uh, us ourselves. Like, I th- I feel, you know, like you know, you walk the street now, you kind of, con- you know, conscientious to make sure. Well, you know, who's around me? Who's coughing? Who's sneezing? I like not having someone standing right next to me at the. It's 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 getting there. Like there there are a, a few things that are going to come out of COVID, and this is not just in rugby league. This is in general terms. There are a few things that are going to come out of rugby uh, out of COVID that are going to stick around. And, you know, if it sticks around, then we, we look at it, it's a reminder to us to, to keep on to, uh, you know, mm. keeping yourself hygienically as fresh as you can be. Uh, so there was new boundaries set out in the early 1950s, uh, took, you know, territory away from the roosters and handed it over to you guys in here, here in South Sydney. In the mid-20th century, uh, the southern half of roosters territory within Randwick local government area was handed to South. 
The New South Wales made the, the changes to even the competition as uh, South Sydney's original heartland around Redfern and Waterloo had rapidly industrialised and depopulated. Yeah, um, look, th- th- we're going back quite a while there, but I, I, mean, I was playing back in the 70s and uh, our, our, my memory of all this is that our chairman, Henry Morris, back in the day, uh, and Bill Healy was the boss over there at the Roosters, uh, um, we've always, our area's always been uh, south of Allison Road and I think that back then that um, the Roosters wanted to get more more area, so the league set up a panel of vice presidents. And I'm testing my memory here, but set up a panel of vice presidents. And John Reardon, the late great John Reardon, uh, was the chair of this, and um, and the request was denied in relation to uh, in relation to the Roosters being given that ground. Now um, Terry Page. At one stage, owned the Coogee Bay Hotel, and he put in an A-grade side which played in the Roosters' comp. And I, I don't know, maybe two or three years. I don't know, but you know, back then as well, um, Paddo Colts, um, the great Dale the Snail Ashford, um, brought Paddo Colts over to South Juniors, and um, Bill Healy at the time fronted Henry Morris and said, "Look, this is going to really, um, you know, put pressure on us sustaining our own competition over here." And they formed a gentleman's agreement that it wouldn't happen again. In fact, that, that extended to the, to the poaching and recruitment of each other's players. And, and we'd, um, we'd, we'd more or less, up until a couple of years ago, had actually hosted the Roosters Juniors. I think they've got probably about three clubs left. Um, you know, as I said earlier, South Juniors have been a participation club. Whilst we're proud about the, the wonderful players that we turn out, it is more so about the participation, getting kids... And a lot of the kids in the South Sydney area, the only organised sport they play is rugby league because this mighty club here makes it affordable for mum and dad or their guardians for them to do so. But in relation... in relation, You could probably be a good one to one day get Henry and uh, Bill on, you know, because there's, all, there's a whole lot of talk about this hatred between the Roosters and South. <laughs> I see it as a great rivalry, a disappointing what happened in relation to their recruitment policy... Um, but and, and which resulted in us no longer, um, you know, hosting hosting their teams. But um, they'd, they'd probably be a good couple of gentlemen and great league men to have a chat with one day. Yeah, I think the rivalry too. It, some of the vitriol that gets talked about, especially between the juniors, it, it's not really there because of the junior leagues. It's there because of the rivalry in the in the NRL. So That's right. there's that obviously hatred, but. Half, well, it wouldn't be half, but there's people that, that are in the Roosters juniors that are Rabbitoh supporters, and there are people in the Rabbitoh and our juniors that are Roosters Roos. supporters. So that's just part of the game, and I think that 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 drives both organisations to be as good as we possibly can be. And I know rugby league would certainly be different if South didn't have the Roosters to play against and to have that rivalry with, and I think for the for their side as well. So in the end, you know. A lot of people disagree on things on it, but some really good people in the Roosters Junior League, some really good people in our Junior League, and, and you know, it's all about footy in the end. And, That's right. And, and, and that and rivalry is what it's it, about. It's good for rugby league. Yes. Yeah. That rivalry is good for rugby league. People can sit, and you can see it on Facebook, you know, and they're at war with each other yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> But that's creating interest in rugby league. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's that whole rivalry of years and years and years of rivalry, and it's rivalry on the footy field. And they're best and mates in summer. That's you know right. I mean? They're best <laughs> mates in summer. You yeah. see them in the pub having a drink, yeah. playing it, cricket. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, no one's walking down the street starting fights or anything. It's it's purely just a rivalry. Yeah. It's it's Most it's definitely. great for rugby league. Our senior management team at this club, like we are four four. We've got the CEOs mainly, 
our two IC roosters, <laughs> our CFO, St George, and our marketing and promotions managers, Anil. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. and, we, and, we, and, and we love it. I mean, you come in on a Monday, uh, yeah. The marketing, the marketing manager would be on top of the world at the moment. He's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's very happy. <laughs> so is the two I see. Actually, they're all happy. They're, they're, they're all up the top. And Brendan, Brendan's happy because St. George won last week. Yeah. <laughs> one happy week. Yeah. Well, they might get you in a row. They've got yeah. Titans later on today. So, uh, obviously, you guys are, you know, the top dogs here at South. How did your administration journey start? Oh, just for me, I... Um I became an ARL development officer in 2006, based here. I'll, previous history, I'd always been a South junior and played in the juniors, played in the lower grades, things like that. Um, and then for five years was in development and in 2011 became the football operations manager and then late 2013 became CEO, which I am today. So, uh, yeah, about 15 years I've been involved. I, I just lo- I love the joint and you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I get paid to do what I do. A lot of people in our junior league are volunteers. They're the lifeblood of it. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate that I work for such a great organisation and, and you know, get paid to do so. So that's pretty much my, my story briefly. Yeah, I'm, I'm the son of a returned soldier. I, I grew up out at Mullabar in the Housing Commission out there and played for South Eastern. Um, then went on and uh, moved on to the Maroubra Lines and played a bit of uh, lower grades. And, um, and uh, I once I finished playing footy, I uh, coached for a while and uh, then I... Uh, got a job in coaching and development. I worked for the juniors for 11 years and uh, once I reached my use-by date there, I, uh, I stood for the board and I've, I've been uh, on the board for the past 15 years now. So I'm, I'm a life member of the Maroubra Club, I'm a life member of the juniors and I'm a proud member, a life member of the Rabbitohs. I've known Keith for 17 years now. Keith, we first met when I first came to the Wombats many, many, many years ago before I joined South and when you come back in and you see the guys, and I've mentioned this earlier to you guys, the passion that comes out of these blokes, it, it's that that makes you want to stay involved in footy, you know, and you know that the passion they've got for junior rugby league and, you know, Keith's out there every day and Luke's out there every day and you see them at the grounds and you see them at the carnivals and it's that's the passion that gets kids back involved and families involved in rugby league. So obviously the, the passion is going to answer the next question, you know, being second to none. What's your drive to keep South Sydney alive for the next 5, 10, 15 years? What, what do we got, obviously, come out of COVID now? So those, those, av- those avenues and, and the drive before COVID is, and now after COVID is going to be totally different. What's your drive now to get South Sydney through the next three, four, five years in terms of getting out of COVID? Well, we're, we're, we're currently working, um, because of the virus, we're working on a one-year, three-, five-, and ten-year plan here. We have a wonderful relationship with the Rabbitohs. I think probably the closest the relationship's been uh, yep. in many a year. Luke is actually our representative on the Rabbitohs board. Um, we're working hand-in-glove with South to, to do things even better than we, than we already do. Um, my, my vision here is that when I finish is to leave the place in a, in, in a, in a, solid, um, a solid footprint and, and to say that we can always provide what we always have done and that is a place for kids to play rugby league. But th- we're, we're bigger than that too. I mean, we support the netball, we support the soccer, we support the surf clubs, uh, Salvation Army, St Vincent de Paul. You know, th- th- we're a community club. Whilst we're the South Juniors Rugby League, we're also a massive part of the community. 
that, that's so. a, that's a that's a great thing to be you know to it be is. a hold of. There's a lot of, and there, and there's a, there's a lot of leagues clubs that are out there that do that as well. So even though they've their 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 sole purpose or you know their name says rugby league, it you know to to still be there in the community footprint. It's it's a great thing to to have from from you guys and. Massive congratulations in, yeah, in terms think, of that. I think a lot of people out there see Legs Club as poker machine and money. It, it's not just about that. You you come here on a Friday or Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon and you see the people downstairs. This is their social outlet. This yeah. is where they have their social. A lot of these people from around this area, you know, the elderly people, you see them come in here. This is what keeps them going every day because they've got this venue to come to to see their friends. Our staff are like family. Absolutely. Uh, they, 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 they've been missing them so much. Um, we have we're, those of our members that don't have pay pay for view TV can't watch. They wouldn't have been able to watch the it's game free, on yeah. last night. They'd be coming to one of our three clubs. We have three clubs here on the peninsula. We've got the Juniors Kingsford, the Juniors Maroubra, the Juniors Mullabar. So they'd be they they they'd be going along there to watch the game. We've got fifteen hundred kids learn to swim here each week. We've got twenty three intra clubs. So different, all different activities, exactly right, and particularly for the elderly. We've invested heavily into live entertainment, and that's been, they've been really hit. The entertainment industry, I was sitting down with our, our um, entertainment manager yesterday in relation to looking at what we can map out and how he's trying to forecast when we can get people back in. But we've got light entertainment on at the moment, on, on the weekends, but you're not allowed to dance. No. You've got to sit, sit at your table and tap your feet. <laughs> Apparently Luke plays the piano. He should yeah, come yeah, in. I wish I did. <laughs> Luke's a frustrated <laughs> rock star. <laughs> <laughs> whenever we, whenever yeah. we get out, he's the first one on the microphone. That'd be right. That'd be right. <laughs> That's why he's got the beard. <laughs> uh, you guys do have a tough kick here. We won't deny that. And everyone else in your local district will know. Uh, but... How do you guys manage your, your teams, your fourteen clubs, and those representatives of each clubs? Well, we've got we've got sixteen actually now. Yeah, yeah. So we've had um we've had Saints join us and Waterloo Waratahs have reformed for yep. or had for twenty twenty. Awesome. So no doubt there are challenges around doing that. I mean, we've got we talked about passion earlier, and they're all passionate about football. They're also intrinsically passionate about their clubs, and so they've all got biased views, obviously. And I understand that completely. And actually, you know, I think that's a good thing. So whilst that occurs, we've got to look after the Junior League as a whole. So we've got a great management team. Uh, our management committee make some very tough decisions, but we do that on the on the basis of that we're doing it for the long-term benefit of the football and, and, and for all the clubs, not just about one club at one time. Um, and I think at the end of the day, our, our main focus is, is to, to really provide the best we can going forward, look after those that, that, are, that are with us in terms of our volunteers, and make sure that the game's sustainable going forward. Now, just just talking earlier about, about passion and, and, and why you do things. I mean, the culture and history of this joint's fantastic. We've got a great population. Our Indigenous history's amazing. Um, and we, we really... What I like about working here is that we think outside the square a bit. Now, the game for so long's talked about the, you know, the, the drop-off in, in numbers in boys in, at 13 and up and things like that. Well, we try to provide some different things here to, to make sure we can keep kids playing. One was the introduction of non-competitive and competitive streams in, in age groups and mini and mods. So we used to have um, competitive all the way through, no, no matter what. Now we offer and have offered over for, for a long time a competitive stream and a non-competitive stream to allow those just coming into the game to, 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 to choose where they want to go, but also keep the competition alive. So 
but that's that's one thing we've done. Like I said the the girls coming into the game, thinking outside the square and playing their own footy last year was really good. And as I said, I don't know that the game will grow in terms of numbers, and I'm not sure participation growth's actually the 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 desire or should be the desire of, of rugby league. Rugby league's a very unique game. It's a game that not everyone can play. It's a game not everyone wants to play. And although I, I, the NRL are trying to grow the game in numbers, I'm not sure that growing it because of touch and tag is the best thing for the game going forward. I, I really want us to focus on tackle football and the best way we can do that. So I couldn't agree anymore with what you said. The, the, the fact that you know the NRL's got a touch and they're looking at doing tag option, they've got the ladies tag and that. Look, as you said, rugby league, rugby league, it's a unique game. It's the tackle element in the game. If you want to go play touch, go play touch. If you want to go play tag, go play tag. The ones that want to play rugby league, let them play rugby league. Yeah. Look, I understand the strategy around it and, and, yeah. and, and put us all under oh. one tent, make us one big family. I do too. What, what we can't do is go away from the fact that rugby league is a very unique game. It's probably the toughest sport, team sport in the world. And let's not lose that as we go forward. Let's make sure that we're teaching the kids to tackle at, at a young age so that going forward we can sustain that game. Yeah, I don't personally um, go along with um, thinking the kids are going to transition from touch and tag into tackle. In fact, I think the opposite. Uh, I would much rather have the five, six, seven and eight-year-olds learning contact before they're big enough to start injuring themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I, think I see I see the touch and the tag and the skills that they got is wonderful, but I see that the complement and more so on a, on a, in the summer, in the summer is not not in competition with uh, with the contact sport that that we actually yeah exactly yeah. Right. And, and once again from that coaching point of view, all the top teams now in NRL right through there's such a big emphasis on defence, you know, and the coaches will all tell you you win big games off the back of your defence. These kids have got to be learning that technique. From a young age, because you know defensive structures, the Melbourne Storm created a whole new defensive way of doing defence, which we know South Sydney supporters don't like. But, <laughs> but it, it it changes, it, it evolves, and I think that that you know kids need to learn. They need to be able to get physically stronger, and that impact, and and they got to get used to that. It's not something you can just walk into. No, it, I, I, I I agree. Yeah. It's all about conditioning. It's like a, a boxer. You're not going to not get punched in training and expect to go in the ring and yeah. get knocked out straight away because your body's not conditioned to be hit. That's why they have sparring sessions. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, now, look, taking my, my rugby league hat off and putting my New South Wales Blues hat on, I hope Queensland continue with the non-tackling bit in the younger's ages because it's only going to make it easier. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we still breed champions. doesn't matter. If you have a look at the modified game, and, and, and we've, we've never been afraid of change here at the juniors, we pioneered the safe play code. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A yeah. man by the name of Graham Chaffee from the Northern Inland Academy of Sport came here uh, probably 20 years ago along with Greg Brentnell, who played down there, and um, great player Greg Brentnell, and we introduced the safe play code, which went from under sixes to fifteens. Yeah. Um, the, the beauty of that was that um, it made the game safer but a lot more comfortable for um, for the mothers in particular who, may, who are the ones that make most of the decisions in the, in the yep. household. Yep. But that, the, that where they... they the kids played a five metre rule, 13, 14, 15. It's beyond that when they start getting part where we get the collision and what have you. In the time that I coached, and I coached a lot of kids' teams, I very rarely ever lost a boy between the age of sixes and 12 to a rugby league injury. They might have fallen off the swings, off their skateboard, off their bike, out of a tree. Got, uh, their brothers hit them uh, in, uh, you know, on the backswing of a cricket bat or what have you. 
um, but very rarely uh, in actual the game itself. It's, uh, and, 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 and that's what I, I, I see as uh, development and, and, and safety. And as Luke said earlier, we introduce both a competitive and non-competitive stream for the kids. We encourage them to play competitive because we believe at the higher level you play the game, the more proficient you'll be. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and you know, cheek to cheek is the biggest, the biggest one. You, you know, cheek to cheek in, in terms of tackling. You, if you've got your your, your cheek on on their bum cheek, it's yeah. it's a perfect tackle. And just on just on injury, I've only ever lost one kid to injury, and it happened to be my own boy. He done his collarbone last year, but he was actually running the ball. He wasn't tackling. He just landed wrong. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of you know losing players injury, yeah, if you teach them the, the correct technique, yeah. then uh, you know they they shouldn't be getting injuries in rugby league. Now. Now, there's a there's a vacancy at NRL at the moment in the CEO option. <laughs> Any of you guys putting your hands up saying, "Yeah, I'll take it." Luke's already got his, <laughs> Luke's already got his resume. <laughs> in. I knew this was coming. I, I, my answer was a straight no. But I, look, I think that what I'd like to say, I, the, the games, I think, has been at a crossroads at that level for 10, 10 or so years. I think it's become a it become a really predictable product, um, and I think now the right man's in charge. I mean, I. I follow the racing as well, yeah, uh, and, so, and, and yep. Sydney New South Wales racing is at an all-time high. Yep. And just on the early um, rounds of the footy, the game to me as a visual aspect's been so much better. And I think the right man is there now, and whoever he, he puts in place at CEO will be the right person as well. Um, and I suppose in Peter we trust because I think the game's on an upward spiral because, because of him. Oh, he, oh then, yeah, no. No, 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 I disagree on there. He's come in and he's done a swift kick up the butt in terms of turning things around, you know, and, and everything he said, oh, you know, he came back out in April, oh, we're going to have football May 28, everyone laughed. It was seven weeks away and it happened because of the, the evolving the evolving nature yeah, of, of COVID. He's, he's a leader. Oh, he's, he's, he's really good. I remember copping a lot of slack through um, my published works and through social media and I remember when footy did come back, that first week, I remember telling everyone on podcasts and even on through me media stuff, I said to everyone, for everyone who doubted me and doubted what Peter Valendis was doing, I hope your TV stuff's up so you don't get to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just being real. And I'm going to say the same thing to them when, they, when they're allowed to actually return to when we're allowed to have big numbers again. I hope your car breaks down so you don't get to the game. So, <laughs> well, well, I went to the game yeah. last night. I, I, I quite enjoyed it with no crowd. It was a different, different aspect. You could hear, really hear what was going on in the field, actually, but... The sooner we get the crowds back, the better. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so um, a personal opinion here, guys. Who would you like to see in as CEO before we move on? Who, who do you reckon has got a good... You know, do, we, do we go with someone within the game or do we look abroad like what Cricket, Cricket Australia are doing at the moment? They're looking globally I, for a new leader. What would you do? I think that when you consider the number of people that we've got to participate in our game and love our game, that if we can't find a CEO out of that pool... To lead the game, uh, then we've we've got big problems. I can't couldn't I couldn't disagree more with that. That's that's you know there are that many passionate people here, and we've got five five passionate people in the room, and you know that's only it's only here. There's there's plenty over you know the course of Australia that you know we should be able to find someone in. You there. look at guys even already in rugby league, like Blake Solly. You know guys no, like that wouldn't do a bad job. Yes, you you got to look 
at these guys and, and speak to them. And I didn't know much about Blake, and unfortunately, the first time I met him was in a judiciary hearing here. What just? No, I didn't do anything wrong. It's all right. We still won the premiership. Um, but I, I got a chance to speak to him, and I actually walked out of here thinking. This guy knows his stuff, but he's just so calm and so precise. And, and I've actually got a lot of admiration for the man. And I think somebody like him would be great for the that's, job. That's why I won't be recommending him for CEO. Then, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want him to beat the Rabbitohs long term. Yeah. Blake's a very, very good operator. Very he's a champion good. guy. And, yeah, um, yeah he's, he's, you speak very highly. What you say there is correct. Yeah. So, Luke, what's a day like in South Sydney? Junior rugby league. Oh look, we're, we're, we're certainly up and running at full time. It's it's basically Monday Monday nine to five. Um, you know, uh, very busy. And then during junior reps and junior league season, Saturdays and Sundays for myself. Uh, I'm lucky to have three very good full time staff in the office uh, downstairs. From about September, we get a little bit of you know um, peace, I suppose you'd call it. But uh, but that doesn't last long because we go into pre season for junior reps and. We have tours. We take we take a touring side away to the country in October, and and there's lots of little things we do um, uh, to, to keep us going there. But yeah, look, it's it's a it's a busy role. But as I said, I'm very lucky that I'm I'm paid to do the, this job. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the guys are just as busy as I am, are volunteers and do it for the love of it. You're right with the people you've got down there, and I've got to make mention of Darlene. She's absolutely phenomenal, and that nothing was ever a big issue, and and she did what she could. If you needed a player to get a player on the field, she did what she could to help. And, you know, I had her ringing me on Sundays sometimes and, yes. and helping out. And that sort of thing is – it just gives you confidence to know that if, if you need something to make it happen, Darlene's always there. And yeah, I think that's we're amazing. Very I can't speak more highly of Darlene, Renee and Hendo, you know, yep. the job they do supporting Absolutely. the junior league. Will your touring team still be going ahead this year? Well, that's, it's, it's a possibility. It's, it's October, so um, I've got to get touch base with we, – we go to Narrabri, Gunnada, Dubbo – under fourteen side plays play some country regions. Um, we haven't been able to do some of the other tours we we all we do during the year, so we haven't been able to do the uh, group two, group three games up in um, that region because of uh, COVID, obviously. Goes group six, and then we yeah. we do a snowy tour um, and play down there, which we won't go ahead because of, of COVID. But who knows what it'll be like in October? Um, I would have doubts on it because. You know, there's other other things to come into it, financial viability for the, the the districts we're touring to, and things like that too. So, but we'll certainly be um doing it again next year. We we love supporting those regions, and they support us, and we've got great relationships out in the bush. Yeah, definitely, uh, we've already sort of touched on the financial status of the competition, how the pandemic has hurt. But what other challenges is the junior league and clubs are facing uh, because of the pandemic? Well, I'm not coaching anymore, so that's probably a huge challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, in, in, in club land, it's obviously uh, the job keeper's been a godsend to everyone. Uh, in, like, I can only speak on behalf of hospitality because in relation to the club here, that I know that that was a major, major concern for us. So that, you know, looking forward, we've always promoted the game and, and, and made the game affordable for, for the families to play. So, you know, and this is what this club was built for. For, for junior rugby league, whilst I said earlier we're a community club, we are. But um, you know, our first um, our first uh, intent is to see that we uphold you know what we can, the best we can uh, for the junior for the junior rugby league. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I wear two hats: the licensed club. I have a massive focus on the licensed club at the moment because we've gone through really difficult times. Uh, we're coming through it strong, 
and uh, I've got great management. Uh, Luke, Luke's done a wonderful job as the CEO here of the Junior League, and Jeff Knight and his team on the on the, on the license side of the club uh, as well. So we're we're positioned well. Um, I think you know that um, this pandemic will also create some opportunities and some opportunities for us to look at what we've been doing and how we can do it better and smarter. And I think that I think that with a lot of business, you only have to listen to the news and that how a lot of business are restructuring themselves on their work, their workplace, and their, their their time in the office and the like, and how you know how they can stream things differently. So, you know, with every with every um, drama, there's always opportunity, and, and that's that's our view here at South. Um, we'll, we'll look at what opportunities. We and I think it's important too for, for people out there to really support the leagues clubs. You know, they've got to get back into the clubs when they can and support the leagues clubs and. You know, get people talk about getting the economy flowing. Well, this is a very important part of it because it keeps gives the kids something to do and it gets the kids back out and the stops them from sitting at home and playing Xbox. You know, and kid, people have got to start coming back and supporting the clubs now and, and getting that because that's where the money's going. It's going back to the kids and the community. I think there's a real challenge for the game away from finance in, in where the game heads with the, the the new the new model of the game going forward and where that lands now. Whether whether that retains players or whether that turns them off um, will, will be seen and, and whether it comes in, in, in fact, and is, is accepted by the New South Wales Rugby League. But as I said, I think the challenge, you know, you, you've got challenges from other sports, um, you've got challenges from TikTok. I mean, obviously now, I mean, my, my daughter TikTok's all around the house all day long. There's so many other things that kids are, are looking at doing. I, I, um, I TikTok, but it's not the TikTok that everyone else does. I just <laughs> TikTok, TikTok up the hallway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's a challenge. I think the game's at a crossroads. Um, the, we've got great leadership now in the NRL, and I think what happens at junior level is going to be really important going forward. Well, what, what, the junior, what the junior leagues need, they need, they need better funding, certainly need better funding to grassroots. The grassroots definition from our point of view is Seemingly, seemingly different to what the the NRLs thought of in the past, but I, I think that something needs to come down at a grassroots level in terms of finance that can help us propagate the game better going forward, take on the challenges of the other sports, but also let's make a decision on on that this game is rugby league. Let's play rugby league going forward, and well said, yeah, and I yeah. just think that's yeah. where where just, the real challenge comes in. Absolutely, now. just uh, without. You've mentioned that the proposed changes that have meant to be coming in. What's the feedback coming from your members in, in your district? Well, per personally, our members, and we haven't trialled them or anything, uh, but personally, our members, we, we, we've got a uh, Look, I don't, I don't want to seem, seem in this podcast to be just having a go at what's oh, no. going on. Because no. I, I, I certainly respect the people involved in the process. They went through a, a very long process and, it, you know, they've, they've done some studies on other sports and, and I respect that that's been done. Everyone, the thing I love about football is everyone's got an opinion, and no one's no one's wrong. It's just your opinion. So, my opinion, and, and and from what I'm getting feedback from our clubs, is that they just they want to play tackle football. They want it to continue on. If they want to play Oztag, they'll play Oztag in the summer. Yep. We've got a great relationship with Oztag here, yep. um, and if they want to play touch, they've got the opportunity to do that too. They don't see why they should have to do that within a, a club environment, rugby league. Um, I think the overwhelming view of the South Junior League. People and this is not every, we haven't canvassed every parent, yeah. but the clubs uh, is that the status quo should remain and we push forward playing tackle. Yeah, football and look, you're totally right there, and it's not and you you're not bashing or or, or, or you know going against New South Wales or, or NRL. It's not just in here as well. I think before they go ahead and and drop these supposed new rules that are that have already dropped in Queensland is that they 
get the the, the census from the the people that actually play the game, not the people that have left the game. And that's where these proposed changes have come from, is that people have left the game. They've gone and sent them a survey and they've said, oh, you know, look, my little Johnny got hurt tackling. I don't think he's doing this right. It should be a tag option. Uh, and, And that's where all these have come from. They haven't actually bothered asking a 10-year veteran who's played from under 4s to 14s, you know, like, and if, if, you, if, you're, if they're afraid that the parents are, uh, are going to, you know, implicate in, in their answer, you've got that many game development officers that all have tablets that could go and say, look, we're coming to this ground and this ground and this ground today. I want you to get your parents to drop your kids off. They go wait in the car, you know, and we go and ask them questions. We ask them the questions. Interview and survey the players to that are fair, in our game. To be fair to, to, to the whole process, the, what, what's been implemented in Queensland, from my understanding, is, is a trial. So it's a trial period. And hopefully it, you know, it goes for two or three years. What has happened now in the, in the past is things have changed really quickly in rugby. We've gone from a certain size field to a smaller field in minis. Yep. Yeah. And we haven't actually sat back and said, after three or four years, is this where we want to be? Does this exactly. work? And, and we're trying to implement other things as well. So I, I want to be really fair in this debate and say, they trial it where they're trialing it, and, and let's get some really good, really good constructive feedback on those trials and some data before decisions are made. And I think, and, and credit to the NRL, that that's what will happen. New South Wales are certainly at this stage, and not not speaking for them, but from my dealings with them, are are on board the status quo at the moment, and that hasn't changed as far as I'm aware. So, the dis- the districts to to a man, I would say, support playing tackle rugby league as it is, and. Um, I think that's where hopefully we'll, we'll continue in that space. All right, let's uh, change pace for a bit. We'll, we'll move into a bit of a, a bit of a, a jolly situation to end out the podcast. Um, quick question: You guys are obviously entrenched in Rabbitoh Heartland. Do we support the Rabbitohs here? Till I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that's same. Yeah, same. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, I, I was born. Do you support Jace? I might just reserve my um, decision. Okay. To, <laughs> <laughs> just for safety's sake. <laughs> safety's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be. No, a t- look, it w- I love the Rabbitohs. I actually worked for the Rabbitohs for a very brief period, 2004, 2005. Um, but that's I've when Arthur the, Arthur Kinnats was the coach, wasn't he? Yeah, Arthur Katinas took yeah. over from Paul Langback during yes. that. Um, but I. I um, I've been very fortunate to work with some great teams as well. Melbourne Storm, I was in their system with Greg Brentnell, actually. And um, uh, one year with the Roosters, which probably wasn't my most enjoyable time in, in rugby league. But you, you've Souths is everybody's second favourite team. Let's be honest. They are. Yeah, everybody's except, for, except, for, except for 2020. In the 2020s, every second favorite, everyone's second favourite team has to be the Warriors for allowing the competition yeah, to get ahead. Yeah, true. But yeah, other, yeah, other, true. other than, other yeah, than yeah, the Warriors in 2020, yeah, yeah, Souths is very... You know, I... I, I Queenslander, so I've got a soft spot for Wayne Bennett too. So he's, um, you know, he's he's the super coach. He's God in, in the eyes of everyone in Queensland. So great man, great man. And um, you know, he's I, I came to a function here for for the junior rugby league, and there's Wayne Bennett. You know, he yeah. turns up. So you yeah. can't you can't fault Wayne Bennett. So he's, he's cracking a smile in his old age too. He's, yeah, he's got he's, a he's big smile. He's always cracked a smile, but uh, it's the free chips he gets yeah, at the league. He said something on the podcast, or on the. On the on the um, press conference last night that one thing is he, he's not happy that the game is taken away from him, that's the dressing room. Exactly that's right, I, I agree. You get into a dressing room with Wayne or you get, you're get in you're in um, private conversation. Exactly. He gives you dancing lessons. He's a, <laughs> he's a different man. Yeah. 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 
No, look. He, at, at that event I was talking about, my wife was here with me and she walked up because her dad, her dad and Wayne grew up together in, in Queensland before he joined the police force and she walked up and spoke just to say hello and just introduce herself and he sat down and spoke to her for 15 minutes, you know. Uh, he's just a really nice bloke. Champion person. Yeah, yeah no, look, get, get back to the dressing room, yeah. I, look, I understand, you know, they wanted to give the fan at home more. However, there are certain parts of the game that still needs to... You know, we don't have to Americanise it all. And that's where they're trying to go. They're trying to get to the point where the journos over here can be like the journos in the NFL where as soon as the game's over, they're in the sheds talking. Or Um, even in the NHL, you know, coming off... I think a lot of that's come from the game not being a really in a great financial position in the past and having to pander to the um, television stations. Yes, but now the right man's in charge. I think down the track, when the game owns more, more property and they're, they're they're better in a better financial position, they'll dictate what they want to show and they'll dictate how the game's run. Oh, definitely. Who's the best player in the NRL at the moment? It doesn't have to be a South Sydney player. Oh, I've got to pick a rooster. I think the fullback. I think Tedesco at the I, I think Smithy's probably just off him. Just off him, and Cameron Smith's still going sensational. Chip, uh, there's that, rumors that's that's why when Luke and I go for a punt, I make him the syndicate manager. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with both. Tedesco <laughs> yep. is just playing out of his boots, yep. and Cameron 100%. Smith, uh, he's just he's just out, being out of this world. What a player! Yeah, I, two years ago I would have said Cameron Smith, but I've got to agree. I think James Tedesco at the moment is yep. probably the best game. And, and ninety-seven you know, kilos. I mean, he's yep. strong as a yep. Mallee bull. Steps off both feet fast, got a great passing game, great talker, reads yeah. the play and can tackle. Yeah, but having I mean, said that, I think, the lot. I think guys like Caelan Ponga got a big future. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. I think rugby league at the moment is in a really exciting Yeah, look, I'll, I'll speak about another rooster. I mean, and I saw him as a kid playing against Cameron Murray. Victor Radley's yeah. Absolutely. play this year. Yeah. He's been outstanding. Yeah. And and he, he's a tough, skillful player. And skills coming back in the forwards, yeah. which is great. Yeah, Luke Keery. Yeah, Kiri, yeah, yeah. yeah, another rabbit. Oh, okay. <laughs> my wife started on him every time she sees him play. <laughs> it's the same in my household. Every time he's here in a rooster's jersey, you know, the partner and the, and the and the boy. Oh, you a trader? <laughs> they're, 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 they're like, he's a great bloke too, Luke. Yeah, so oh, you know, yeah. you go with, with Teddy, and you know, I think the injuries he copped early on are probably what makes him the player he is now. To come back from those injuries. And not to have them in the back of your mind because you know doing doing a few knees. Remember, he blew the knee uh, at Leichhardt over that day. He just run him yep. back and yes. just went down like yeah. he got shot. Yeah, like yeah. a sniper. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you know, like coming back from those injuries, it, it, it makes him the player. I, I really like mental toughness. Yes, very mental. I, yeah. li- I like Latrell. Like, a lot of people have given him a lot, but he's he, found he, his passion. He's again. starting to get yeah. there again, and that's what a lot of people got to understand is that yeah, okay, football on the outside. It looks the same, you know, block plays, block plays. However, each coach, each club have their own little little set plays that are different but look the same on the outside. So, you know, once he gets the full of that, and, and a lot of people don't remember, you know, don't remember that he came to Rabbitohs, what, four weeks before, you know, yeah. before the trials start. So he didn't have much of a yeah. preseason. So he's only going to get better, and look, I, 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 t- I, t- I tip him to be really good by the I end of the year. Yeah, I, I think. Six weeks time, the six in six weeks time. I think he's going good now. In six weeks time, you're going to see him close to his best. And I think playing a fullback allows him to then bring in the subtleties in his game, which is other little tip-ons and, and and you know going down short sides and things like that. Whereas he has been posted to a 
uh, left side his whole career so far, purely because obviously Tedesco's there as well. Um, we're really excited, and I know Latrell looks really, really happy at the Rabbitohs. And I think um, look at his right to left passing to yeah. yes, look yeah. out the left to right tip on. Yes, you know? yeah. it's he's good. got it all. He's Pe- people have very talked much like Greggy, absolutely. Mm. And people have talked about oh, changing positions. You know, blah blah. He's playing with a coach that turned one of the greatest fullbacks ever into the greatest five eight ever. Jace, yes. <laughs> true junior reps, he played fullback the whole way through. There you go. He won a grand final for the Roosters. Well, he, uh, uh, he beat us on his own almost. And he yeah. was he was fullback there and, and all the talk at, at that level in the SG ball, which was, you know, five or six years ago, was this is the next Greg Inglis. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm that, trying to remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I was and working with the league at the time and I, and I just remember Latrell Latrell in fullback and yeah. just watching. There you go. Yeah, you don't like to pigeon, oh, not pigeonhole, but you don't like to, you know, rap players and say, oh, they're the next this and they're the next that. And you guys have just signed another one that's next. Yeah, the mixture, bet- <laughs> mixture, mixture between Sonny Bill Williams and uh, Greg Mills, I think. Yeah, he's Ralph Lowe on that. Mate, so, just for Joe's, like... True story. Like, I've touched... Like, I've actually followed Joseph's career yep. since he was a young kid. Yep. And that, like, was I was very... Glenmore Park. Glenmore Park, that's yeah, right. Out our way. And that, so, like, I've seen him go from strength to strength and... Even just the other day, because I, I do in the Peen River walk bridge to bridge. The other day, he's out there on his bike. He's done like 10 laps by the time I've done one. Yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you the most. And, and you were driving. <laughs> we, we, we had him in mats and, and ball and stuff. And, and the most impressive thing about Joseph is he is a, a beautiful human being. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And his family are the nicest family. They are. That's right. And, and apart from his football ability, we love having him in the family because of that reason. And yeah. he, he, um, he'll, he, it won't be through lack of trying and effort that he doesn't succeed because he, he, He's not only a talented kid; he's a kid who trains harder than everyone else. So August August one August one twenty twenty one, he should make August his debut. Twenty twenty one, I reckon he might be there. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> he could be making his debut. Yeah. All right. So obviously we've got different areas here. So this this question will obviously be the answer will be different to the question: Who's the toughest player you've seen play the game? The toughest. Uh, I'll go first. I'll say somebody like probably Les Davidson. Yeah. Nice old tough. I'll, tough I'll say um, Ian Roberts. Just, just knowing Ian. Ian carried a groin injury for years, and only I think only that groin injury held him back from being possibly the greatest forward of all time. Yep. I saw him um, do a hit up at Belmore Oval in '88 or '89, and he ran 95 metres, got tackled just short of the line down the other end. That's what an athlete he was too, and his um, his toughness and his his, his ability to me. I think he was just out of this world, and uh, he was just hamstrung by injury in the end. But yep. he was certainly very tough. I've got. So I know I go back a long way, and you know I've seen some of the greats. But you know I've been really close to Sam Burgess, and I, I've known some of the injuries that Sam's um, played with. I've seen uh, he played the Broncos one night up there on a Friday night, at, um, up at Suncorp. They flew him back down here uh, on the six a.m. flight on the Saturday morning. He went over to St Vincent's had uh, elbow surgery. He got it done that day because we had the bye the next week and played the week after. Uh, he, he's carried injuries. Actually, to be honest, when, when Sam went to rugby union, I was half glad because the, the, way, the way he was treating his body, that he's going to kill himself. So, and yeah, going to I'm not going surprised that yeah. it finished the way it did because even when his shoulder was busted, he still couldn't help himself. No, Played got, a grand got, final yeah. with a fractured cheekbone. Yeah, you yeah, can't forget else. that. He is something else. Yeah, Union would have helped his body, I guess, and that's the yeah. reason why he came yeah. back for yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Him playing out in the backs in Union, he was waiting to catch a cold. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he didn't take the money to do it. That's right. Exactly. Uh, 2020 Premiers, 
if it's not South yeah, Sydney. Yeah, Luke. Oh, <laughs> look, my, 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 look I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking South are going to get very good late in the season. Um, my heart would say, yeah, we're a chance, but I, I really think Canberra might win it this year. I just think things are falling into place for them with the halfback from England. Bateman probably coming back later in the season. If they don't get the injuries, I don't see any weaknesses with them. And I think, um, especially if they start getting back to home games, which was going to come pretty round soon. Round eight. Playing down there. So yeah, round eight is... I think it's going to be very even at the top, but I think they're probably the side I'd, I'd like to be on. I think uh, last man standing. I think um, 18 weeks straight, I think it's really going to test the club's uh, depth. Um, you know, Hopefully, uh, if, if you're injury-free, I think um, the Roosters' defence is something else. And you know they're not going to leak many points, so you know, and they've got plenty of points in them. I think that if they stay healthy, uh, they're going to be they're going to be difficult. That'll be tested tonight against Parramatta, that's for sure. Is that yeah, you, Jason? I, I think I think look, Parramatta have been going well. I'm not sure they've got the depth to get right. I think they might fade a little bit of the struggle a bit at the end. Look, the Roosters, and we've had this conversation. You, you can't discount the Roosters, that's for sure. I think Souths, if Souths can continue that upward trajectory and keep developing on what they showed last night, they're going to be there and thereabouts. But I'd probably have to agree with Luke at this stage and say the Raiders. Yeah, I've, I've said on a lot of media platforms now that I've tipped Parramatta Raiders grand final. But after tonight, I've got to back me Penny Panthers. They could, they could just <laughs> be the dark horse under under it, and it'd be good. It'd be it's, good for it's us a out that way. Year this year, there's no there's no break through the oh, season. It's, it's straight through. It's it's like Keith said, it's going to test everyone, and it's going to be. Um, Exciting, can't so just on the straight through, how would you guys? Obviously, as you said earlier, you know, it's it's a chance for you guys here at South Sydney this year with COVID to test new things and move forward and see what worked and what didn't. If State of Origin, we'll get to who's going to win it. If State of Origin at the end of the year in November works out a treat, do the NRL go straight through next year and have? State of origin no, at the end of the season. My point of view, I, I would, I, I think it'd be a great fit. I, I hate the break up in the season. I hate the fact that the best sides aren't playing and not playing their strong teams during that that period of about six or seven weeks. I think it'd be great to see them just go straight through. I'd love to see them play a day grand final again and then go into a period of origin where that keeps you're getting 26, 30 weeks of NRL. Then you get another three or four weeks of top class football. And if, and yeah. if yeah. and you're on the front pages, and for if the they're whole year, if know? they're smart about it, you don't. Make the season longer. You keep the season the same. So then it will finish in September. Then you can have your your state of origin for three weeks, and then that turns into picking the you picking the Australian team out of those two, and then go overseas well, it, and do the test sense matches. That playing, way. You yeah. can be playing Origin. Don't forget we're playing late this year, but yes, you can be playing Origin early October. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, and you pick that. You use that then as your genuine selection guide for test football. Exactly. So yeah. you know it could work out wonders for him. And just on state of origin, we all we we, we know Jason's Queensland. And he's not going to win this year. So. New South Wales is going to win this year again. I, I, think, I think we're heading into an era. Yes, yeah. probably won't New be. South probably Wales. won't be eleven out of twelve. But you know, no, so oh, won't, it won't, won't be as. Probably as won't good get that. Well, we hope not. <laughs> for the good of the for the good of Origin. Well, yeah, in in the history of the game, we've had two massive dynasties. We've had the St George dynasty in in the fifties into the sixties, and we've had the Queensland dynasty. Yeah, good call. I don't think we're going to. We'll, we'll, we'll go good, but I don't think you're going to see in the modern game. Another dynasty like that, unless the Roosters want to. I, I think where origin footy's at at the moment is good. Yes. I think it's good for footy, and I think you know we, we need that strong origin series. We, we can't have, and I agree with what Keith was alluding to. You you can't have that long periods of, of winning anymore. And I, 
Look, I, I've got to say, as a Queenslander, I have fear that it's going to take them a couple of years to get back there. I think New South Wales have got a very, very strong squad, so you know, you'd be a brave man to back against them. Oh, well, you know, once again, uh, I, I called for it a couple of years ago. It never happened. I called, I called for it when um, you know, when we were losing and losing that we should have done, done a, done a Queensland of. 2003 pick a side and just stick with it no matter how bad they go for a couple of years because they'll come strong and that's what Queensland did um, we're moving on guys back to South Sydney to finish up here who was the well, what was the score in the 2019 A grade grand final for South Sydney I can't remember <laughs> um, I, could, I could probably help you on that one Luke 32 uh, nil. Oh, nice. It was. It was, uh, it was impressive that day. And uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll make comment because Jason coached. Um, yeah. That, that, um, that was the next the question. Could you ran with team? But you know, um, the could you ran with club? I think it played in seven grand finals in the last decade, and and um, the Redfern All Blacks had dominated. I think on four occasions previous to yep. that. So, you know, Wommy's just kept knocking on the door, and last year kicked it down, but. What, what I really took out of that final series last year, and, and Jason will well remember this, was the sportsmanship displayed by the All Blacks when they got knocked out in the, in the, in the preliminary final when they weren't going to go to grand final. Absolutely. And, and then South Eastern on the day. To be beaten, to be beaten a, a score like that in a grand final, it didn't get cheap. They just kept playing football, but the Wommies were just too good on the day. And, and, and as the chairman of the Junior League... Yeah, you know, I go to I go to the football. If I come home from the football and we haven't had a player injured and someone hasn't played up or I haven't got a call on Sunday night to say we've got an issue, that's a good day for me. And it was a good day last year. Absolutely, and I've you know we had we had a rivalry with South East, and it's it's well documented right through the season and tough games all through the season. But I've I've formed friendships with some of those guys now in that South Eastern club. That's the respect that came out of that grand final, and it was a great day. The whole day was fantastic. The games were sensational. But, you know, to form friendships now with the opposing side just says, you know, what the season did. Yep. Yeah, now, guys, I'd like to thank, thank you all for, you know, a, a good day here. We've had a good chat. Um, I'd also like to just thank our sponsors, HNG, uh, HQ Electrical Air Conditioning, uh, P&S Dumpers, uh, our apparel sponsor, Sonali, and our... Trophy medal sponsor Sports Medal, which you guys can get free shipping Australia wide if you order forty five dollars or more and use the promo code TFW twenty. Thank you for listening. I've got to go. And that's the final whistle.